All right, we live, my man. Dynamics podcast. We got a we got a guest today. We um anxiously awaiting Mr. The Knicks Wall. You're supposed to start at nine. You know, state changed it to nine fifteen. Now we at nine thirty. I see Mr. Sean is is on Twitter Spaces right now. So hopefully, whenever they finish on over there, they'll pop in. But the show must go on. Shout out to got, a lot of Knicks too, by the way. Yeah, he's in the chat. So oh, just 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 off of GP, right? Shout out to, to uh, GP. Shout out to 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 there we go. All right, let's start it from the beginning. Yeah, what is wrong with this cat, man? Could you, could you hear? Could you hear, Mr. Um, Tom Thibodeau? Yeah, I can hear him. But if the people couldn't hear him, basically he's saying that nobody plays 10, 11, 12 guys. Well, I see Pop Greg Popovich doing a lot, but basically he's talking about Cam Reddish. He's talking about the rotations, and he he was basically saying to upper management we need to consolidate <laughs> that's what i think i what i heard from that yeah his tone is always bugged out man so let me see if i can get it get it right the um finally this time ah man I'm, i tell you this um this internet man is it's never never a, um a straightforward thing nope. so let's try this one more time we get we got to hear the context of it because i mean guys are gonna you know report it you know uh, what do you call um the post and all these guys? They're gonna re- they're gonna repost it in words, but it's always good to hear it from the horse's mouth. So let's just let's see if it works this time. And it's crazy because his, his rotations the past few games, I kind of agreed with him mostly. Right. Ah oh, man, Twitter is not cooperating, man. All right, so the hell with it. Right now, Kimball, Kimba and Derek hey, out. Uh, when they come back, more than likely, you know, taking somebody out. And that's before you even think about adding somebody else. And usually coaches don't play 10, 11, 12 guys. No, Thibodeau, you don't play 10, 11, 12 guys. Don't say coaches, because a lot of coaches don't coach your philosophy. Goddamn maniac. Well, well, on top of that too, man. Like, like, is, is he blocking the trade right now? Because he's like, yo, um, you know, d- depending, you know, it doesn't matter who we bring in, because you know, th- when those guys come back, it's gonna be X, Y, Z. So, is is he blocking the trade? Is he is he making management um be like, okay, well, we won't make the trade because this guy's talking about he's not gonna play certain certain dudes because he needs a rotation, you know? No, it sounds like he. It sounds like the exact opposite. It sounds like he's asking management to make a trade. It sounds like he wants them to consolidate. 
Uh, he said that the wing position is jammed. He also spoke about Cam Reddish minutes when Cam Reddish come back from yeah. injury. And, you know, typical Tibbs. So, you know, I want to see what he, he, he does. I want to see what type of tricks that Leon Rose has. Because mostly today was going to be about, you know, trades and, and, and the roster and what we've seen. And um, once, uh, you know, Sean get in here, you know, I wanted to really ask him about, you know, how did he feel about the rotations? Because, you know, I, for the last couple of games, they've been cool. But the problem is you can't get Obi, you can't get Obi in rhythm right now. I think that's the only gripe I have right now is Obi cannot get in rhythm. And I, and, and I think that's attributed to Derrick Rose being hurt as well. And, you know, playing nine, 10 minutes for a player of, his play style, who has his play style, is it's not gonna help him out at all. So, you know, I don't agree with that that shit, man. <laughs> you know, I know you don't. Yeah, because I mean, you know, you need Derrick Rose for him to play good, and you gotta do something with his play style and all that stuff. And you know, you know, I don't, I don't agree with that stuff, man. Because I mean, like, 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 um, you, you want to cut? Who's minutes you gonna cut to put Obi out there? And are you gonna showcase him just to get everything going? You know, that That's true. that That's true. yeah, that I don't I don't agree with. That's true, well, we but got- at, the, at the same time, if you even want to trade him in a deal, you would like to, you know, try to play him, actually, instead of running Randall rabbit. <laughs> Randall looks tired, and you got yeah. people complaining, barking at Randall. How about you play Obi some more minutes? Yeah, that's the big problem. All right, man, well, we, um, the big guest is here, so we're going we're gonna to give him the proper introduction. He's from the Nick Wall. We're talking about Sean Snow. Uh, he was um, doing Twitter spaces, man. So, you know, he, he finished uh, the little rant over there. So now he's going to hang out with us. What's good, my man? Oh, we're live already? I'm so sorry. Yes. yes. Yeah, brother, we live, man. <laughs> How you doing, man? Oh, my. Did I mess it up? Did they hear me in the background already? Nah. No, no, no. You, you might as well okay, go on cool. your rant right now. You might as well rant right now. Yo, rant State up. really be in the hospital, man. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> State really be potted from the hospital. Yes, sir. <laughs> I be mean, I, 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 I do my best, man. But um, hey, go. How are you today, man? It's an honor to be here. Appreciate you. Um, yeah, I, I'm just I'm really excited. I really like the Cam Reddish move. I think it was a good move for us. Um, I, it was a low cost, low risk move. You know, uh, possible high reward. He fits in well with RJ. Uh, I like the wing fit and the dynamic, even if they weren't teammates already. Um, but the fact that they have a rapport with each other and, you know, I think that adds to it. And it also shows the front, I feel like it shows the front office is like invested in RJ as well. And I think that's really cool. I think that's something important to see from a guy who drafted third, uh, and he's in his third year. So him stepping up around the same time that we make a move like this is a really cool thing to have happen. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how they look together on the floor. And I'm also excited because I know that there's another move coming. There just has to be. We have too many people. You you invested a first round pick in Cam Reddish, even though it's a protected pick, whatever it may be, it was still an asset. You did that. Clearly, you plan to have him here presently and in the future. And the only way to find out if you plan to have him in the future is to play him presently. So I feel like he's going to get a good amount of minutes. He's going to get a good amount of opportunities. And for that to happen, somebody's got to be moved, especially by the time Derrick Rose gets back and things like that. So, I mean, State, you'll probably be ecstatic. I'm, I feel like the guy that's getting moved is probably A.B., um, I mean, it's the most movable contract. He's a good player. He's a player teams will take. So I feel like he's, you know, you got, you can't really move Fournier. It's going to be tough to do that. 
Um, so I think the guy that's going to be out of here is probably AB. Um, I'm hoping that it's – I don't want to make any more marginal moves either. I think Reddish is a marginal move, but I'm happy about it. But I think any move we make from here on out, unless it's to offload a guy, we don't need to bring in any more role players to get in the way of the youth. So I feel like we just need to be, at this point, getting people out to make room or, you know, stockpiling and making that one big move to, like, finally make a push with that roster. Yeah, I think we agree with what you're saying, man. But uh, Tom Thibodeau, his 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 body language. We, we were trying to get the video up; it wasn't working. But I'll just play the audio, man. Just just listen to what what like just Tom Thibodeau's tone here. We'll see. We'll see. You know, like the, the, right now we have you know uh, Kemba and Eric Gallo. So uh, you know when they come back, that adds more to the mix, and so you're more likely more likely to take somebody out, and that's before you even think about adding anyone else. There's, you know, the rotations. You know, no one's playing 10, 11, 12 guys, that's for sure. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, like the, the right now we have, you know, uh, yeah, that's basically what he said. So you know, he he's always talking about rotations and stuff like that. You know, he's he's um, you know, he's not he's he doesn't want to play no more than than eight. You know, he doesn't want to go no more than eight. And then he was hinting on on um trades and stuff like before we get somebody else in here, we gotta worry about some of the guys that we currently have. So, what do, what do you, just what do you think about how Tom how Tom Thibodeau's been handling himself, handling in the roster, and kind of like you know putting us on on spot a lot of times because we we'll make takes. And but we can't make takes because like from game to game he's doing this he's doing that so you know it's it's just weird man so what, what do you think about Tom Thibodeau? Um, I mean I, I love Tibbs for what he's done for us for getting here and you know changing things around making us a respectable team uh, culture that's been instilled I feel like he has a lot to do with it and I feel like I get his credit for that at all times um, but I think he's very stubborn to a fault uh, we learned that last year when he started Alfred Payton all year even though everybody who was watching the games knew that that was a terrible decision. Um, and you know, now with the Fournier thing and it is what it is, I, mean, I won't, I won't harp on Fournier cause he's hit shots over the past week and that's all I really ask him to do. Um, but you know, I feel like there's no way that Obi should be playing 10 minutes. Like that's just unacceptable. I mean, I feel like before Obi got, went on COVID protocol, he had a career night and then he came back from COVID protocol and then Julius was out the first game Julius is out. He didn't do a whole lot, but he was all right. Then the second game Julius is out. He had 19, six and six. And then Julius came back, and now he can't get 10 minutes because Taj Gibson is playing 25. I don't think that makes sense. <laughs> love Taj Gibson. I think he's very serviceable. He's here for us all the time. I love the fact that whether he's not in the rotation, whether he is in the rotation, whether you need him to start, whether you need him to be the guy, you know, the guy clapping loudest on the bench, he's going to be there and he's going to do that for you. I think he's a great guy to have on your roster. But I think that Obi should be getting prioritized. And, um, you know, so it's upsetting. I think that you should be prioritizing Obi whether you plan to keep him here or not. Like, playing 10 minutes doesn't serve him if you're playing to keep him. Playing 10 minutes doesn't serve him if you're playing to pump him up to be an asset. It doesn't really make any sense to me. Um, also, with Emmanuel, quickly, I feel like, I mean, part of the thing about coming into the season, I was comfortable, I was com uh, confident and comfortable with Emmanuel quickly being a starting point guard. After mm -hmm. seeing him and the way he's played this year, I think he's been our most consistent player this entire season. And he's been really good on both ends of the floor. He's shown more ability as a playmaker. Um, so I think he could have easily been in that starting spot, especially when you consider the playmaking that goes through Julius and now, luckily, finally, RJ, because RJ was standing in the corner like Bruce Bowen for the majority of the season. I was getting pissed off, but not putting the ball in his hand. So it's like when you have two guys who are going to put the ball in their hands, you can have a point guard like IQ, even if you don't think he's a pure point guard like everybody says. Like Every time people say that, I just want them to like answer, how many pure point guards are in the league? Like Who are they? Where are they? Let, let me know. Um, and the fact that, you know, with Kemba and Derrick Rose out, 
IQ still can't start a point guard, it's just really annoying. Even the one star he did get, he had 18 points. He was 7 for 11. He was the only thing really working for offensively. And then, boom, right back to being on the bench. So uh, that's my thing. I think Emmanuel Quigley should be a guy. I've been saying this since last year, honestly. I feel like Emmanuel Quigley should be a guy who's getting 25, 30 minutes tonight off rip. And now he's getting closer to getting that 25 minutes consistently. So I'm happy about that. But I think, you know, I'm not saying you got to prioritize the young guys at all costs, blah, 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 blah. But if some of the players who make you best just happen to be young, that's a that's a double that's a, that's a you know it's a win, and he doesn't really play into that win win and that kind of frustrates me. So when I look at Tibbs, when you talk about culture, I think culture I think talent makes culture. I don't think culture is made by just winning, because the Phoenix Suns was losing for about six straight years, and they didn't have a culture. And Chris Paul gets over there, talent, and now they have a culture. So I think that, you know, if we add more talent, I think our culture would be even better. Now, the thing that I dislike about Tibbs is we all know Alec Burks is not a point guard. Why aren't you giving Emmanuel quickly the keys now so we can figure out who he is instead of boxing him in and keeping him off the bench? So to me, I think that they're showcasing – you have to be either showcasing Burks or Evan Fournier for a trade. So down the line, you can give these young guys minutes or Tibbs is just a maniac. I, I That's the best I got. That's I think the, it's being, I think, I think Tibbs is a maniac. He drives us crazy, man. We talk about it all the time because like, you know, we, we, we can't like, like get, like have really strong feelings about the way that we play, you know, like, like, let's say, um, IQ, you like you like IQ, but like he's only playing him ten minutes one night. This and um, you know, State likes Obi, but like you said, he's only playing ten minutes this night. Um, he's not running no um, back screens for him, no pick and rolls for him. He just standing in the corner shooting twenty percent from three. It's like you know what is he doing? And now he's talking about Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish with the, with the ankle injury and this and the other. When when he comes back, is Cam Reddish even gonna get out there? You know that, that that's what scares me because I I mean the potential of the trade you know is is, is incredible. But once once he gets ready. Is Tom Thibodeau going to call his number when it's time? You know, that's so, so real quick, real quick, right? Um, um, Sean and Die Hard. I yeah. know y'all listened to Tibbs earlier talking in this interview when he talked about, you know, nobody plays 10, 11, 12 guys. But his tone sounded like he was asking the management to consolidate. He's asking management, listen, I got too many guys to play. It, it, it doesn't even matter about Reddish. Once we, when Kemba and all these other guys come back, you know, which I want me to do. So what do you think is the, what, what's the next step? Because I've always said this, you get Reddish, Reddish, you're not finished. Because Nerlens Noel and Mitchell Robinson is redundant. We need a big that can space the floor badly. We need one more wing and we just need Derrick Rose healthy. But what is the next move like? Do either of y'all two see like we can do in order to like get us to where we where we need to go? Honestly, uh, I disagree about needing one more wing. I think that we already have too many wings. I think we need to get rid of a wing. Um, I like I like Reddish. I like RJ. I you know I don't like Fournier. Um, I love Quentin Grimes. So I mean I don't I don't and you know quickly plays a lot of his minutes too or you know. Right, whatever it may be. So I don't think we need a wing. Um, I uh, okay. and I, 
I'm 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 with getting rid of Nerlens Noel. I'm I don't even like watching him play basketball. Yeah, yeah, I hate yeah, watching yeah. him set screens because defensively nobody cares when he's setting a screen. They just look at him like whatever, bro. I'll just double the ball. Um, so I'm down for that. I understand a stretch big off the bench at the very least. That makes sense. Um, I thought that Obi could be that, but Tibbs refused to use him that way. Whatever. Um, I I think the next move, yeah, consolidation. I don't even think Tibbs is asking the front office to consolidate. I think they're pretty like locked in. I think they're in step with each other. I think the front office and Tibbs are on the same page, and I think that they both know that the consolidation is coming. Like, there's just no way you make that. Like, and uh, to answer you, diehard, like you trade a first round pick for a guy, he's playing. Like, he's going to play. They're going to find a way for him to play, whether somebody's got to even move, whatever it's going to be. Cam Reddish is going to yeah. see the floor, um, especially because you got to know if you're going to be able to pay him on the extension, whatever it may be. And even Cam Reddish could be juiced up as another asset. A year from now, it could be, you know, deadline coming and teams, the Reddish is playing well, cool. He could be a part of the package, whatever it may be. But I think the next move, I mean, there's a lot of, t- you know, I-, I would love to see De'Aaron Fox here. Um, there's a lot of talk about him. Um, he's a point guard that gets downhill, gets into the paint. Uh, and he could really, you know, spray it out to RJ, uh, Cam Reddish. He could put pressure on the rim. He's the type of point guard that Tibbs really loves. And what he's a good defensive guy. And what am I willing to sacrifice? That's a that's a question I normally hate to answer because I we root these guys so hard and we love these guys. I hate to just trade them in hypothetical trades. I mean, that even happened. Um, but I think you make the salaries match guys like Burks, Noel, blah, blah, blah. And at that point, I want to give Obi and as many picks as possible. Like, if I, I, I want to do everything possible to keep IQ out of the trade. So I would give up Obi, and I would start with Obi, salary filler, and three picks. I mean, they drafted two point guards back to back in the last two seasons. Uh, they're just, he's disgruntled. He's been disgruntled for years. They've got nothing going. He's pretty much, there's a story coming out now with Chris Haynes of him saying pretty much he wants to change the scenery. They don't really have a lot of leverage. I don't know how many teams are lining up at their – yeah, that, yeah, he's going to Chris Haynes. That came out today. So, so, so I don't know how many article. people lined up at their door. Mm-hmm. Who, so, you know, who's I don't that? know how that, many people lined up at their door for that trade. You talking about Miles Turner? Mm-hmm. No, Chris Haynes. No, Fox. Oh, De'Aaron yeah, Fox. De'Aaron Fox had it, spoke with Chris Haynes. And it oh, was okay, talking about, you. like, you know, how things are tough in Sacramento and he wouldn't mind, you know, things like that. So – you know, I mean, I feel like when you start with three first-round picks, I feel like that makes the team listen. So if you give them three first-round picks and you give them Obi, I don't think they need quick as much. They drive the back-to-back guards. Um, you know, Obi could be a down-low presence for them. You know, young, uh, cost-controlled. Um, I don't know what their interest in that would be. If they wouldn't be interested in that, I would even pony up a fourth first-round pick if it meant I could keep Emmanuel quickly. That's how I much I love Emmanuel quickly. I would. Yeah, because at this point, I mean, what we got to look at it and be real about it. I mean, we got RJ's 21, Cam Reddish is 22, Grimes is a rookie, McBride is a rookie, Quick is 22. Like, we don't even have minutes for the guys we already have. I'm not really worried about the draft. If we have a team that's young and cost-controlled, I draft, bro. And honestly, and we've already shown that we can do well with draft capital late in the draft. Like, right. this, year, this year's draft, we had 21, 23, and 32, and we came out with – Quentin Grimes, Deuce McBride, Rokas, uh, Jericho Sims, and now that other pick we used to get Cam Reddish. Yep. So yes. I'm perfectly fine. Like, use all the picks you got to use. That's the reason you have them. We, we stockpiled all this time. You know, okay, cool. You got assets, and not at those assets are to make moves. So you make that move, you get De'Aaron Fox. I think at that point you have a very, very solid, formidable team that's for right now today on both sides of the floor, and that team can also grow together well and has a lot of potential for the future.
I, I, so real quick, real, real quick, Don, huh? I think that if you get a guy like Fox, you have to go get a, a, a five that can shoot the ball. You have to get a five that can shoot the ball. And um, I'm sorry to bring his name up, but I keep saying Mo Bamba and Orlando wants a first round pick for Mo Bamba. I don't know how the hell the Knicks can do it. I would love Miles Turner. I think Miles Turner is already seasoned. But for me, is what do Indiana want? And also, Miles Turner is like a third move. You notice how you mentioned Fox and you mentioned uh, Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish is like a, okay, it's a cool move. But after you get Cam Reddish, what is your next trade? Your next trade has to be for uh mainly for a point guard, really, if you're going to give up a lot of assets. And it can't be a role play. I love that take by you, Sean, because we got enough. <laughs> so, yeah. so I mean, um, damn. So so after you get Fox, Sean, and, and uh, do you absolutely try to go get Miles Turner and then you just say, all right, let's shoot for the stars? Yeah, or well, what do you prioritize? Do you prioritize spending all the capital on a point guard or, or a center? Which one? Which one would you rather do? I would. I mean, I I, I feel what you're saying about how you got to go get a bit a stretch five. I don't necessarily think you have to. Um, and I I'm not big on Miles Turner at all. I prefer Mitchell Robinson to Miles Turner. I think that Miles Turner is cool that he stretches the floor. I agree with that 100. percent I understand that benefit. Um, he he doesn't shoot consistently. Um, and beyond that, he's like a career seven rebound per game guy. That's gonna hurt you. Like Oof. you're gonna you're gonna feel that you're gonna feel those re- that those offensive rebounds that Mitch gets and gets those extra possessions, you're gonna miss those. So I think with Fox, you got a guy in the pick and roll. I feel like he would activate Mitch. You know, like Mitch would be even more coming off the pick and roll with the rim pressure that De'Aaron Fox applies. Like Mitch would be able to clean up. So I think you'd be fine with that, and you get Mitch for probably, I mean, probably a fraction of the cost you get Miles Turner for. Um, and then you know, and also like Miles Turner is gonna cost assets. It's not gonna be one for one. You know, you're going to have to give up uh, – by the time you trade for De'Aaron Fox, I'm not even sure if you can go get Miles Turner. You probably could, but it would cost you, like, most of what you have left. And I don't think Miles Turner is a most of what you have got left guy. I don't think you have to do that. He's been on the trade block for, like, four years. Everybody's moving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's up with Indiana. On paper, their team seems good, man. They get, they have, I mean, you know, Miles Turner, you know, the rebounding and stuff like that, but he's decent. But, I mean, they have um, Brogdon over there. They have um, – you know, Levert is over there now. They got a bunch of guys over there that, that that's decent that they just can't win. I just don't understand what, the, what that is. What's going on with that? Oh, that's that's regular Indiana Pacer stuff. You know, just winning for the sake of winning. You have a, a team with a bunch of third options, <laughs> fourth options, and that's where you're going to be. <laughs> so if I was Indiana, I would have I stripped the whole team already. I would have stripped them before the season started. So bonus would have been in Charlotte somewhere. Uh, it, everybody would have been gone, but nah. we're the Knicks, and I like what we got going. So we can we can stay focused over over here. Um, I I know that they also said so. We spoke about Fox, so I I guess we're all three of us is all in on Fox. Um, so the next guy I believe after Fox that they was talking about was Karis Levert. So um, so Sean Adaha, one of y'all two, what, what where the hell did this Karis Levert stuff come from? I, I, I would love to. Shit, probably somebody's agent. They made it up. Know? Yeah. <laughs> <Or> fabricated. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. So we they made it up. There's no. There's no way we're looking at. I mean, once again, I don't know shit at the end of the day, but there's no way we're looking for Karis LeVert. We just traded for Cam Reddish, and you hear Tibbs talking about how he doesn't have enough minutes for him right now. So I like because if you if you trade for Cam Reddish and you give up a first round pick, he says he. I, I love the fact that he like clarifies that he loves Quentin Grimes. I love that. Um, but you know, if you make that move, you've got RJ at one wing, you've got Cam Reddish at the other wing, you've got Grimes at like. What are you even trading for Levert in the first place? And in second place, where are you putting him? You know, we're not we're not interested in Karis Levert. Okay. Yeah, money-wise, too, because you're just wasting assets by trading that. You're just going in circles, actually, spinning around, you know, chasing your tail. Yeah, so, you know, I, I guess I guess we're all in agreement that, that the point guard is the priority just to spend whatever assets that we're going to spend, it has to be the point guard? Yes. I, and it, yes. Well, outside of um, Fox, who, who else will, will be the guy? Um, That's the interesting question. My bad, stay. Go ahead. Nah, Terry Rosier. You're not gonna like um, Dennis Schroeder. Good, good, please stop, stop, stop there. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's triggered. Everybody's triggered by Schroeder, man. So, so, Deontay Murray. I would love Deontay Murray, but they're not gonna trade him for anything white. DeJounte Murray would be great. But I honestly, I my answer, and the reason I'm not even mad at your answer, State, I don't think there is anybody else. I think that the Aaron Fox thing makes so much sense. And I don't think there's another guy. I mean, I think that this offseason, Dame is going to be for sale. I don't oh see why, God. you know, it doesn't think like he's going to play the rest of the season. But yeah, Dame costs a lot of assets. You know, like what you tr- got to trade to get Dame and what you got to trade to get De'Aaron Fox are two different things. I also think, but once I can't specify enough, I don't know shit when I'm saying this. But, um, you know, just the damn thing makes sense because after coming off this injury, now playing all year, now they go into another year of, oh, let's try to run it back. It's not going to work. They've got to cut their losses and both sides should move on. And I think that Sacramento may also see that writing on the wall. So I feel like Sacramento should move De'Aaron Fox now. Because if you if, De- if Dame hits the market, now you no longer have the signiest point guard on the market. So I think while you have the signiest point guard on the market, you need to sell that. So I think they may be inclined to do so, but yeah, I don't. I don't think there's anybody, anybody else out there. Um, with, I, I'm 100% Emmanuel quickly hive. Like I'm IQ hive to death. I hope he <laughs> retires a Nick. I want him to get as many minutes as possible. I if if we trade for Fox, then I'm cool with putting IQ in that six man role. I would never limit him to that six man role. Otherwise, I I think the world of Emmanuel. Oh, Joe Manning just said Jalen Brunson could be a cheaper option. Jalen Brunson, he he's a, a free agent in the offseason. I mean, uh, you could probably even get him at the deadline now if Dallas wanted to get off of him because they won't be able to keep him. But, like, how many you give up for a guy that can be available in the summer? Um, but, yeah, he's another option. Look, see, see for me, now here's my here's when I go to my, my good analogy again. Leon Rose, don't go to the dice game in the bank. It's 100 in the bank, and you calling a side bet for $10. What you did with Ken Reddish, you called, you stopped the bank. I need you to stop the bank again. Why are you trying to get Jalen Brunson when Fox is probably on the market? Who's clearly more talented. You got people in the chat. They saying, you know, Fox, he can't defend and this, that, and the third. I don't care. I don't care what he do in Sacramento. The program we got over here is functional. I I, I like what we got over here. Even Julius Randle, he goes in the gym all the time. Quickly's in the gym. All they had to lock the gym from quickly. 
RJ's in the gym all the time. You see Thibodeau praising it. I, I, I just want to be all in. Don't give me no half ASS moves, man. Not no more. I'll go for Fox if you can get him. Go for Fox because what the hell is four first round picks anyway? Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned Rokas too. Rokas is over there in Europe. He, he's he's nice, man. He's been playing really good over there. So if he's ready to come in, come next year, then what do you do? You know, because now, now you got uh, like a plethora of point guards that, that you can go to. You're talking about Deuce. Now you got Rokas too. Like, what, what do you do with all these guys? So, you know, with all the capital, we have to figure out something um, with, with all this stuff, man, because everybody can't play, you know? And there's, there's only room for one guy at your one capital. time. <laughs> you got to use your capital to capitalize, plain and simple. You can't let it go to waste. We watched, we sat in the division and watched Danny Ainge do that over and over and over and over. They had all these extra picks, this pick from this team, this pick from that team, and he just kept holding on to them. All these people hit the market. Kawhi hit the, Kawhi hit the market. Jimmy Butler hit the market. Everybody you could think of hit the market. Paul George, and he just kept waiting and watching with those picks, and it got him nowhere. And it probably missed their window to be a dynasty. You can't play around. You got capital. You got to take advantage of the uh, situation. You got a lot of young guys in place. Cool. You got a good culture. Cool. Like Stay just said, I'm not worried about what De'Aaron Fox His nickname is Swiper. I'm not worried about his defense. Like, he's very fast. He's very athletic. He's very capable. He's good. He, he gets, He's in the past. If he gets steals, uh, like, I feel like I don't, I highly doubt that a player who's capable of playing really good defense is going to come to play for Tom Thibodeau and not defend. I just don't, I don't think so. I, we watched Kevin Knox turn around as a defender. I mean, not turn around completely, but he tried a lot harder. I know Dennis, Dennis Smith Jr., like, when he came in the preseason, he was locking up. That. When, when Tibbs got here, guys played, you know, because you know, for Tibbs, if you want to get be on the floor, you got to play defense. So I don't think De'Aaron Fox is going to come here and watch guys go by him. Like, you know, so I'm not worried about that. The jumper, I mean, you wanted to be better, but I fit once again, people talk about De'Aaron Fox all of a sudden like he's like 29 years old. Um, he's 23. It's like I, I think he shot pretty well last – like he shot better last year, and you don't need him to be – he's so – he does so much offensively that you don't need him to be like a knockdown shooter kind of guy. If he can just get to a point where he can knock down an open kickout, you're good. Yeah. One one year he shot actually thirty seven percent. That was the second year, but he's he's just inconsistent, man. Like you said, 23, 23 years old right now. So, you know the the sky's the limit for him because he's already giving you twenty five, you know, a night and all this. So he, he's a good player. the The problem is, is like you know once once we get him because he, he's a dynamic point guard. So what do we do with the offense? You know, like because um Randall right now is um ball dominant. Then also we, we we everybody seems to want RJ to be that second ball handler too with the two man tandem. So when you bring Fox in here, you add another another dynamic to this. So how do you think um, Tom Thibodeau uh, should should attack that, you know, the offense? Um, I mean, well, when you look back to like you know Chicago, uh, Tibbs had Derrick Rose. He had like the athletic point guard. He he preaches rim pressure. He always talks about putting pressure on the rim, uh, not pressure with pressure, spraying it out to the corners, things like that. I think that De'Aaron Fox could help a lot for RJ and Julius. I think he could help RJ, you know, he could help set RJ up. You know, think about how much better the team got when Derrick Rose got here last year. It was just a point guard to set things up, to push the pace, uh, get guys in good spots. So I feel like Darren Fox could do that same thing. I think part of the problem offensively is that we were going through Randall too much. So I think having an actual point guard to set things up and allow guys to pick their spots, you know, it's another guy you could do some two-man game with. Uh, he's good, really good in the pick and roll. Um, so I, I wouldn't mind that. Like, he's probably not as good off ball, you know, as far as the RJ primary touches and things like that. But I don't think I don't think it's an impossible problem to work out at all. 
And we yeah, be, we're, we're, we're last in pace in the NBA. We are the slowest team in the NBA. So go bring one of the fastest players in here and run the damn floor. I think that would do wonders for RJ. I feel like RJ is – I love transition RJ. Transition RJ is one of my favorite things about basketball. I would love to see him get out and transition more. Absolutely, man. Me, me and Steve been begging for it too because, I mean, that's his bread and butter. He was doing that – I mean, his whole career. You know, um, what's the name? Uh, Fisdale, when, when Fisdale was here, Fisdale had him playing point guard sets too, coming down the lane, you know, just just um, going, you know, no, you know, east and west, just going straight down the middle. That's that's what he's good at. Send send a little pick, and then RJ should you know will take care of the rest. He he does a good job of sealing guys on his back, you know, and um taking the pick and and coming inside and making the um the strong lay. So I mean, there's there's a lot of different different ways that we that we can um could um could function, you know, with Fox here. But you know, I just don't trust I just don't trust um Tom Thibodeau, man. You know, I just don't trust him. We 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 done had like four or five different teams this year, you know, you know, based on injury and stuff too, man. But you know, RJ done played three different ways. You know, Randall done played three different ways. Fournier done played three different ways. So it's, it's frustrating to me just watching him coach basketball, man. Not you got to think about the you know, COVID protocols and stuff like that. Just real quick, yeah. keep Alec Burks out of all Fox trades. I want to keep Burks out of that Fox trade. Got to keep Burks. Got to keep Burks. Hey, who, who is this? <laughs> hey, got to keep who, Burks. Who, 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 what did y'all got out here? I don't know. <laughs> nah, because if, if, if you're thinking about a roster, like after that trade, I think Burks, you, you have to keep him because he can start or he could come off the bench. I think Reddish should start in Atlanta, but you have to keep him. Well, um, I besides, never, ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm, su- I'm surprised too, man. <laughs> yeah, he, he's usually like, you know, he's been wanted on um, Burks up out of here. But like salary-wise, though, how, how do we make that trade work? Because I think Fox makes, what, 30? 30 mil? Something like that? I think like 27 to 30. 25 to 30. It's not like a huge max, but it's a max. It's, it's like the initial max. Yeah. So, uh, Evan, so basically they could take Evan and Nerland's hospital, Nerland's, a.k.a. hospital bed. <laughs> they, they're not, they're not, state, 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 state. They can't take hospital state, bed, state. man. We, I give they, up. They're they not taking, they take, no, they might take, they're not taking Fournier. They're not taking, they're not going to give us something and take Fournier. If they right. do, I've already told my friends, if if Leon Rose gets rid of Evan Fournier by the deadline, I will build the statue myself in freezing cold temperatures <laughs> with shorts on. Uh, yeah, that, that, would, that would be a magic trick right there, man. <laughs> oh, God. We got to get this point guard position um, set, man. I'm tired of me. I, I'm tired of looking at the point guard position. I'm like, that's not going to be the guy who's going to be here for three years. I love Emmanuel quickly. Some nights he played like an idiot, and some some nights he plays like an idiot, and I hate his game. Other nights, I love the kid, and he's playing the proper way. This all goes back to Tom Thibodeau. This clown, at the start of the season, you put the ball in Kimball Walker's hands. We go 5-1. You take the ball out of Kimball Walker's hands. You put it in Randall's hands. We proceed to look like crap. You got people like me calling for the lottery. Then you take the ball out of Randall's hands. You put the ball in RJ's hands. Now we 20. What the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying the same thing, man. You know, he's just all over the place with the style of playing stuff. But, you know, well, on paper, let's, let's say let's say if he was to get Fox, right? I'm talking about like a starting lineup of Fox, RJ, Mitch, Randall, and Cam. Let's say hypothetically. Then you got Rose and IQ out there. And then, you know, State don't want to trade Burks. You know, and then you know we still got Taz Gibson and all those guys. How good is that team, yo? I'm sorry. With who? I'm sorry. 
Well, the um the starting lineup, you know, hypothetically would be Fox, RJ, Mitch, Randall, Cam, and then of course you got Rose out there, IQ, Burks, because State don't want to trade him. You know, Taj Gibson and all this. You know, so what, what um what what do you what do you think? Like, how good is that team? Realistically, in my opinion, I mean, I, I think uh, unfortunately Burks has to go. If you make that trade, you're gonna want Burks. He's a serviceable player. He's a really good contract. He makes it work. They're going to win Burks. But that's fine because I love Quentin Grimes, and he would be the wing off the bench. Um, right. But I think that team is very good. I think that team is very good today. Like, I think that t- that's a team that can get to the second round for sure, in my opinion, um, especially if things are clicking and RJ keeps playing the way that he is. I think this team can go pretty far. Um, but not only would this team be good today, but this team would be very well set up for the future. Like that lineup could play together and gel together for years to come. God, the Aaron Fox is locked in his contract to like twenty twenty five. Like you don't even have to worry about that. You sign RJ his extension. Randall's already signed. You give Mitch his extension. It won't be nothing too crazy. You'd be in good shape. So, real quick, um, I gotta ask this question to both of y'all. Um, I know we talk about Fox. You just mentioned three names. You mentioned RJ, you mentioned Mitch, and somebody else. Well, if you didn't mention, I mentioned Cam Reddish. All three of these players is up for extensions this summer. And I would like for the Knicks to sign each player to five-year deals. Um, The reason why is... What you just said, 2025, uh, 2025, the new TV, um, the new TV deal comes in, and I think the cap room spikes up to 171 million. In 2025, Giannis, Tatum, and Donovan Mitchell is free agents. It would be, it would behoove the Knicks to want to pay Reddish, RJ, Mitch this summer. To those long-term deals because none of those players has been on um all nba teams none of those players been on all-star teams none of those players been on all defensive teams so they're going to be cheap so i think that if we sign them to reasonable contracts now it will benefit us years from now how how you feel about that i agree with that wholeheartedly um i think that I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not a cap expert or anything like that. But I think that to sign the five-year extension, they would have to sign it the summer after this one. I think this year they can only sign the four-year extension. But that's just something I heard from somebody, so I'm not 100% sure. But either way, oh. I would like to lock them up as long as possible because you're right. Like that. I remember when the first TV deal happened, and I think Anthony Davis was the first person to get a deal, and it was five years, 200 mil. It was the first person to make 40 mil, and it was like, damn, the money is different now. So that's what's going to happen when that hits again. So it's like you want to lock your deals in now so that you have good deals. Like I, even last time when people – like we made that mellow deal for his extension. And everybody was like, oh, they gave him so much money. But he took a little bit less than his max, and he took it before the spike. So other contracts started making it look different in comparison. So if we can lock those guys in long term and not have to worry about uh, – and then you have them in the new cap with the higher number with their lower figure, and you save room that way. So, yeah, that's a good take, Steve. 
Right. Well, if I could add to that too, man, that that makes um, trading uh, Fox so important because you get Fox in here now because he's already signed, and then in the summertime now you could just now you could just pay these guys, you know, whatever salary you think they they, they can make because now now you already got your your point guard, you already got uh, Randall, you you know, you already got certain guys on on the team already, so now you could pay these guys and go over the cap and stuff, and then just make your stand with these with these young guys. You know, you know that, that's why I'm that's why I'm thinking about like how good are these guys, man? Because on paper, potentially RJ still didn't reach reach this potential yet. Cam didn't do it yet. Uh, Fox, um, you know, I, I think he still can go to another level. You know, Randall also too, man. So the potential uh, of that of that group is 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 crazy. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of Golden State. You know, like Golden State, they had um, you know, Curry. You know, I'm saying they had Curry. You know, Curry was was coming up. You know, with with, uh, with Mark Jackson and stuff. And then, you know, as soon as they, you know, they, you know, drafting other people, um, what's the name? Uh, Clay. And um, they went. They they was able to get um, uh, you know, Durant. You know, and and keep adding on on different different people too. So I I think it's kind of like a similar situation there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, last two things, and then I I wanna um I wanna get y'all two out of here. I ain't even gonna lie. I'm so exhausted, fellas. Like I'm. I'm it's like an understatement, I'm so man. I'm so tired, bro. Um, I need to know, Sean. What what is what is RJ ceiling to you? And I gotta ask you again. What is RJ ceiling? Because he's the same man that said RJ's trash, and RJ proceeded to shut him up. So, um, Sean, what is what what is your ceiling for RJ Barrett? I think to me, RJ Barrett reminds me of Brandon Roy. But people call me crazy. I say, okay, cool. You go watch some Brandon Roy and you see a little bit of RJ. But what is your ceiling for RJ Barrett? My se- Die Hard, you said RJ is trash? No, you, I you actually, actually said. Be one of those. No, I actually said he was dog shit. I said he was dog shit, actually. <laughs> he was playing Die bad, man. You can't front. But that's what I was saying. Like, like this season, like we don't see like four or five different RJs this year. In the, in the beginning, <laughs> In the beginning, um, well, he had, he, well, he, had, he he played good in the beginning. He had like what, like five games, twenty points, and then he was just like complete trash for like a good, you know, you know, two two three weeks. He was bad, and then he came back again, you know. So you know, it it it, it is what it is with that man. But you know, I believe in him though. He struggled mightily. He struggled mightily. I'll give you that. I just want yeah. us to start doing it a little differently in this fan base. We can say that he's playing poorly without saying he's dog shit. Especially for a third. Now, if RJ was 32 years old and having bad for two weeks, I'd be like, all right, whatever, he's dog shit. But, you know, like, we, we've seen the improvements that RJ made from year one to one, uh, year two. Uh, also, he said he was dealing, like, he said even before he got COVID, he was sick. Like, I, I was at the Brooklyn game. He started the game, and then all of a sudden, he wasn't there. He was throwing up. And then yeah. he didn't play in Chicago, the Chicago game after that. So, I think he really was sick. Uh, he's feeling better now. He's, got, he's getting into a rhythm. We're using him more. Like I said, earlier in the season, we had RJ playing like Bruce Bowen. He was standing in the corner. How effective can you really be? So now a lot more of the offense is going through him. He's getting to attack the basket, get downhill. Things he's been best at always that I've been begging for him to be able to do. Um, but I've said it before, and I'll keep saying it's on blue in the face, man. I think the sky's the limit for R.J. Barrett. I truly believe the sky's the limit for R.J. Barrett. I think that, you know, he's a guy who's going to be able to score three levels, which is what I think state that's where your Brandon Roy thing comes from. Um, I I think that Brandon Roy had a more fluid game than RJ does. I think it looked a lot different. Way more fluid. Um, but it, I, I, way more fluid. Yeah, it was way more fluid. Way more fluid. But, you know, RJ with his strength, uh, the jumper, he's showing the mid-range pull-up. I love the little go-to move he has now where he attacks the big and then spins back off his back foot on the pivot and fades away. That makes me so happy. The post-touches yeah. he has where he shoots that little baby fadeaway drifting across the lane. Like, we're seeing – 
the different not not only is he having like 30 point first of all he's got 30 point games on 60 percent he's got now like four of those there's only two other guys in the league that have done that three times that's lebron james and demar DeRozan, and they're both mvp candidates and then as far as 30 points on 55 percent plus there's only like eight other guys have done it and the two uh, of that group the two least are like jason tatum and paul george outside of rj so he's an elite company with that like that efficiency and that the volume but it's not only just like he had a game this year, he had 32 points, and he had seven for eight from three. But that's not how these games have been. This is not, like, he's showing everything. He's hitting threes. Even if he's not hitting threes, he's getting to the rack. He's hitting the mid-range. He hasn't even been shooting well from the free throw line. But Lord knows what he could be doing right now if he was hitting the free throws. So, you know, I just think the sky is truly the limit, and what we're seeing from him right now is, like, what you're – I mean, if you're seeing – he's 21 years old, you know? And I feel like as a Knicks fan, we haven't even developed this kind of talent before. Like, we're not even used to this. This is the highest pick we've had since Ewing. You know, like we got it. We we all as a fan base have to get behind RJ even through the struggles. Um, but yeah, he's 21 years old, man. He's out there dropping 30 on 60 percent, back to back 30s. He just played a game national television against Luka Doncic and was the best player on the floor, undeniably. Right, and if you're able to do that at 20. Come on, Rikers on both sides of the floor. Like he, he has a high potential on both sides. Rwan the Warden, he had he had Luka Doncic in jail. Like it's it's, it's a wrap. So like you know like. His 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 ability on both sides of the ball, his ability to score three levels, his vision. He's a really good passer. He's a willing passer. He gets out of transition well. Like, there's not really a lot. Like, he, my reason always, even before he started showing what he's showing now, my reason for believing that the sky was the limit as far as his ceiling is because his floor is so high in so many different areas. You know he's going to be a plus defender forever. You know he's going to – he's shown he can shoot 40% from three. You know, he can get to the basket. He's got to improve his consistency finishing around the basket. But you see what he can do. You see the floater. So there's a bunch of different things within his game that he's, he doesn't really have a lot of limitations. And even the things you think he's limited at, he fixes them, like, really quickly. And he has a great work ethic. So I just think that really, truly, the sky's the limit for R.J. Barrett, man. I'm very excited for it. He said Hall of Famer, Die Hard. He said Hall of Famer. Truly. Yo, State was, State I, I was crowning him Hall of Famer. I'm going to be there when they – I'm gonna be there when they put number nine in the Raptors on, on everything I love. I live in Florida I, and I flew to before before I was even really like I had just started TKW. I wasn't really into the next content stuff like that. As a fan, I was going to New York because I felt like I had to be at RJ's first game at the Garden, and I will be there when they retire his jersey. I was at his first game at the Garden. I was at his first playoff game. Like I am very very tired to RJ. I'm there. I want to be a part of his documentary. I want to be a part of his last game. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> you, you, you sound you sound worse than State. State was going crazy with, about about RG talking about green jackets and all all kind of all kind of stuff. You know, State is State is bugged out. But you know, yo, State you know, and I have disagreed about a lot of things in the past. But one thing we are always on the same page on. I will not trade. I'm right there. I'm not trading RJ Barrett for God. I'm there. So like, I'm, we state and I are both RJ Barrett high. Always. We may disagree so on certain other things, but one thing we've consistently agreed on, RJ Barrett is the one. Yeah, I told you, dog. What I told you, RJ or my parents. I'm gonna look at Mom Duke. She gonna be tight. <laughs> yeah, he was saying that on Mother's Day, bro. He was saying, y'all. You know, he was saying all that stuff on Mother's Day. I'm like, how could you do that? Yo? <laughs> I'm telling, I'm telling you, I'm t- but you know, um, all right. So we we spoke about RJ. I I feel like RJ is going. Yo, he's going to be a superstar. Watch now. And, and you Agreed. know what's even scary? We're going to be underpaying him for the next five years. That's what's scary. And then going to the last thing that I wanted to ask y'all. 
Now that Reddish is in the building and RJ is in the building, you know, you got a guy who I've called him Majin Boo in the past. You know? <laughs> you got a guy over there in Smoothie King Arena <laughs> named Zion Williamson, right? And um, he hasn't played yet this season. What I think is going to happen, and I'm going to save this. I'm going to save this video and play this video a couple months from now to see if I'm I'm really like Kane. What I think is going to happen is they're going to offer him the extension this summer because I think you can offer it this summer. Sean, I think he's going to decline it. I think I think he's going to decline that extension, and then when he declines it. That's when you know. That's when you know it gets it gets fun. So, what do you what do you what do y'all both think is happening over there in New Orleans? Because I, I think he's done with them, honestly. I don't want to say nothing, man. <laughs> what, do, what, do, what, do, what, do, what do you think, Sean? This is one of those tough ones to say something on because as soon as we say something, we're the wild Nick fans who always think we're getting everybody, but like. I mean, like, let, let's just talk about the facts, like State said. But without the Knicks being involved in the situation at all, before you include the Knicks, he doesn't want to be in New Orleans. I feel like everybody who knows anything about the NBA knows that. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't trust the front office. It's a small market. Like, they're not doing anything, all that. David Griffin is a terrible GM, all of that stuff. He doesn't want to be in New Orleans. He's doing his rehab right now away from the team. Like, you know, um, him declining that – Nobody. I don't think anyone's ever declined that extension. Um, so that would be monumental, huh? Porzingis. Porzingis didn't decline it. He threatened to decline it, but it, you can th- threatening to decline all that money and actually declining it are two very, very, very different things. Everybody ever has taken that money and then they request a trade a couple years later. So that's probably how it's going to go. If he does decline it, that would be ridiculous. But I do think he doesn't want to be in New Orleans. And then you know, I mean, I just – you keep replaying that video in your head of when they asked him after we beat the Pelicans last year and they asked him how he feels about the guard and he lights up and he's like, oh, I was hoping you would ask me that. Like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he's, he's he licking his fingers like when he was saying that. Yeah, he literally looked – he was like – he was happy as hell. He was lighting up. He was like, I love it here, man. Like, blah, blah, blah. It's my set. He's like, my favorite place to play. He was like, oh, outside of New Orleans, of course. Like, that was a formality. And then, you know, so then you look at the fact that the garden, he doesn't like New Orleans. And then you got RJ and Cam here. I mean, if he ever does one out, I feel like, you know, we've in the past been on guys' list, but we're normally on the list as a formality or like, oh, the Knicks don't have anything, but New York is cool, whatever. We were on Anthony Davis's list next to the Lakers, but we all knew that was just the Lakers. But like with Zion, like if he does decide he wants out, like where else would he be going? You know, like that that's how I feel about it. So I'm not going to like, I've, I've I've spent my entire childhood like you know oh LeBron's coming this summer oh this is gonna happen we're gonna get KD I've experienced way too much heartbreak I love the team we have right now so I'm focused on this but as far as the Zion thing it's not anything like ridiculous I mean it, it makes sense especially after the vegetable yeah especially with the salary cap going up too we're gonna have extra space to to make something like that happen so <laughs> stranger things is gonna happen man I, I feel I feel like we're real close to doing something you know doing something meaning like you know, either getting close to the championship or winning the championship. I think. Oh my god! Why not? Because I, I, I keep trying. I keep trying to lead you guys into into this thing. Mm-hmm. I, we we talking about Fox, RJ, Mitch, Randall, and Cam, potentially this season. You know, you know what I'm saying. That's a lot of firepower right there, man. 
you know, if, if Tom Thibodeau all of a sudden remember how to rotate, you know, that that, that lineup can catch fire, and next thing you know, we could we could have a championship this year. Bro. Yo, this that that's a lot of firepower. I wouldn't say that's a that that that's a chip this year. Um, it definitely gets you in the like contention in the playoffs. So like, that's a very good team. Um, yeah. and going like going forward, you really have something on your hands, especially if Cam like if RJ continues to play the way he's playing and develop the way he's developing. And you get even somewhat of that development from Cam. I mean, to be honest, I look at them as, and you know, it's gonna sound crazy to say it. I don't really care though. I'm the guy who likes to say it. Like, I don't mind if it's something I believe. Like, I think it's pretty logical. I think that RJ and Cam could like, not that they are on their level or anything like that, but they could provide that same effect of like a Kawhi and Paul George of having two really long, really wing defenders who are also talented, two two ways at the wings. I think that's a very good thing to have, especially if you have a solid point guard and a big like Mitchell Robinson. So I hope that Reddish is able to, you know, develop well next to RJ. And that would be really cool to see for a long time. I mean, they're very young. Yeah, that's what Nick McMillan said. He said that he reminds him of um of Paul George, Cam Reddish. So that's interesting. Yeah, man. Wow. wow. Um well that's all I got, man. I know I know y'all y'all Sean looks he looks exhausted. Daha, you look like you look exhausted. I see the bags on the yard. Yo, every every day, every day, every <laughs> night, I look exhausted, man. But we, yo, I, yo, I, I'm I'm going on like two hours sleep every single day, and this guy got dead bodies behind the behind the curtain that he's covering up and stuff, man. So this this is this is truly a diehard Knicks podcast, man. We are fucking risking life and limb just to talk Knicks, man, with with, um, with people, man. So I appreciate you, man. You know, I I didn't know you was in Florida, man. I thought I thought you yeah, was here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I was born in Queens, but no, I've I've lived in I moved to Florida when I was seven, so I've started like okay. going up there more now to try to catch games. But yeah, no, I live in Florida. Well, I I actually I yeah, I to you, you, you was hanging out with um with um what's his name um uh Colito, Julito. I said Colito. Oh yeah, yeah, Lord yeah, have mercy. Bar, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw you in the bar, so I thought you was from New York. So I figured I probably I'll probably see him again. So I, I was trying to break out, but I, I didn't know you lived in Florida, man. So I probably would have hanged out. There, a I'll bit. be out there a lot more, though. I'll so, be out there so, a lot more. Actually, and yeah, I'll be out there a lot more. I, funny story, real quick. So he was Sean was at the bar, right? So Sean was so he was so out of it. He didn't even notice that that was me who dapped him up <laughs> coming from down the stairs. Yeah, yeah I think he was kind of lit. He was kind of lit a little bit. <laughs> that's that's funny, but um. Yo man, sorry man, I appreciate I appreciate you coming on the show, man, showing us love. Um, yo, it was great talking to you, man. I, I I love the fact that you took time out of your day coming off of Twitter Spaces to come join me and Iru on the pod, man. I appreciate you, man. And it doesn't matter if you're late. Black people was always late, brother. So, yeah, yeah. So. Well, but, also, but before you go too, man, you, you got you got to shout out your other pods too, because I, I think you have an yes, off-topic sir. pod too. Don't you have a, yes, like sir. aside from the Knicks wall? Shout out yeah. everything. Shout out everything, and, and, and give us when your next pod is coming out, and, and next YouTube channel, everything. Salute to y'all. Salute to y'all. Jason will say Julito is crazy, and that is crazy. His name is Julito, but that was hilarious. Yeah, I know yo, yo, um, yo, Julito's going to punch me in the face, bro, because we already had this conversation. Because I'm, I'm half Puerto Rican, and he's, you know, he's, he's I think he's, like, Puerto Rican, too. So, I mean, I'm, like, so embarrassed that I keep doing that. I did, I did that the first time I, I spoke to him. I, oh, God. And my, and my dad is in the chat, yeah. too, so I know my dad is going to punch me in the face, too, when he sees me. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah, no. Um, so I mean, check out. You know, if you guys here, check out the TKW pod. I do a uh, post game prosperity on the YouTube channel. We go up every time. Um, it's a great time over there. It's great vibes for the post game shows after every game. Um, and then as far as like outside of the Knicks stuff, I you know have my brand. I'm possible. Part on my sleeve hoodies available now. You feel me? Go get you one. That'll be beautiful. Uh, in my pin tweet with the commercial of me on the swing. Um, and what else? I mean. Yeah, just plenty more stuff. I'm going to have music coming out soon, things like that. So, you know, if you follow me, just, you know, thanks. Thanks for all the love to all of you show. Thank you guys for having me here. That's really dope. I really appreciate it. Um, I had a really I, – I legitimately had a really good time. Um, you guys are well, hilarious. Um, well, this this the first time, man. Next, next time you come in here, we're going to get freaking crazy, man. This guy this guy stayed sometime – I don't know, man. <laughs> this, this was I'm telling of, you, I, I really didn't know what to expect. <laughs> well, me, me and State are on our best behavior, especially me, man. I'm, I'm just like really trying you to. You really down. are. I can tell. I can yeah. tell. <laughs> I was like, oh boy, who knows? Who knows? I was like, State gonna get me in trouble on this party. Gonna say this wild shit. Listen, man. <laughs> winning, win, look, winning with the kids cures everything, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah you, I've never seen you like my man said. Don't trade Alec Burks. I was like, whoa. <laughs> no, listen, man. Anything to help the team. If we got a guy like Fox, I want Burks because Burks could play three positions, and I know he could guard one and three. And I, I, I'm good to go, man. <laughs> that's it. That's Wait. my prior message to everybody. That's where all fans should be. It should all be whatever, whatever for the good of the team, regardless of what your agenda is, what you want to see. Whatever's good for the Knicks, we should all be able to come to the same common ground of common sense. That's all I ask. Common yeah. sense. We don't even always have to agree. If you can make common sense with me, we cool. Word up. So last thing I got to say before I get out of here. So, Dion, they know where to find both of you. I'm Sean. They know where to find your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, blah, blah, blah. You know, everything. Yeah, iHeartRadio, Google Play, TuneIn, you know, uh, Player FM. Uh, uh. Last thing. So the funniest thing, I was watching I was watching the Nick Wolf. I was watching Sean. It was after, I think it, I think it was like, it was during a regular season. So that board that he got in the back, <laughs> he started the pod with stop playing Alfred Payton. <laughs> 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 Sean, you be bugging too, man. You, I was so fed up. Yeah, you, you be bugging on your on your on your pod too. You be having me dying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. All right, man. I'm out of here, man. Yo, Sean, man. Appreciate you once again. Dar, I appreciate you, brother, man. I appreciate y'all brothers, man. Continue the good work. Everybody, wear your goddamn ass. Um, salute the Knicks wall. Y'all guys do great work. Love the articles. Um, I'm out of here, man. And sanitize your goddamn hands, fellas. <laughs> salute, man. Appreciate right, Have a great one. Everybody be safe. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Come on, man. Look out, coach. <laughs> All right, now it's fun. That was a good one.